Kevin, appreciate that. And uh, we wish all of our fathers today a happy Father's Day. Hope that you have a wonderful afternoon with family. Uh, one quick announcement. We have, uh, some of you was asking about the uh, Sermon on Fulfilled Prophecies. We've got the new CDs out there, Amazing Fulfilled Prophecies. This will uh, remove doubt. If you can get, if somebody you know has doubts about the Bible, well, that will, I believe, help them go a long way toward restoring their faith. Well, if you have your Bible today, turn to Jeremiah chapter 35. Jeremiah and chapter 35. This chapter is essentially about uh, Jonadab, and we're going to look at him today. We'll start with this one verse, verse 16. Jeremiah 35, 16, the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have kept the command their father gave them. But this people has not obeyed me. Let me give you some background on this. As usual, in the prophets, they live in a time when Israel has fallen into idolatry. So the prophets, God sends the prophets to reprove them, correct them, sometimes very dramatically. And Jeremiah here calls the descendants of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, he calls these young people to the temple and he sets before them glasses of wine and tells them to drink it. That's a little unusual for an invitation. Let's read that. Jeremiah 35 verse 5. Jeremiah says, I set before the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups and said, drink wine. And they said, we will drink no wine for Jonadab, son of Rechab, our father or our forefather, commanded us, said, you shall drink no wine, you are your sons forever. Verse 7, you will not build a house. You're not to sow seed. You're not to plant or have a vineyard. But you're to live in tents all your days that you will live many days in the land. So Jeremiah invites these descendants of a man named Jonadab into the temple chambers. He says, drink this wine that I've prepared for you. And they say, no, because Jonadab, who lived at least two, maybe 300 years earlier, had told them not to drink wine. In fact, he gave them three commands according to verse 6 and 7. I don't want you to drink wine. I don't want you to build a house, live in tents, and I don't want you to plant gardens or vineyards. So they said to Jeremiah, no, we can't drink this because 
we are under the charge of a forefather and we are thus honoring that to this day. Now, I think the idea behind Jonadab's command to his, and to his children and grandchildren, generations to come, was uh, be able to move at any time. Don't build a house. Don't have a field. Be nomadic. Keep a tent. Keep the car running. Be ready to go. Because you never know in this idolatrous society, Jonadab would have said, God will bring judgments, marauding armies. you got to be able to get out of town. So what he's telling them is, Jonadab says to his children and generations to come, I want you to worship the God of Israel. He's the true God. But you've got to stay a little bit detached from the people. <laughs> They're so prone to idolatry. And that's a sad state of affairs. But he says, I want you to know their God, but don't get too accustomed to their ways. And so, generation after generation, Jonadab's descendants did those three things. So here's the point. Now this starts Jeremiah 35, verse 14. Why does God tell Jeremiah to do this? Verse 14. The command Jonadab, the son of Rechab, gave his sons to drink no wine has been kept. They drink none to this day. They've obeyed their father. And then he says in verse 14, he says, I have spoken to you, God says, to Israel through Jeremiah, but you have not listened to me. In other words, here's some men who've kept their father's commandment for generations. An earthly father. But the children of Israel did not keep their heavenly father's commandment. And that's Jeremiah's message. In verse 15, I have sent to you all my servants the prophets, sending them persistently, saying, Turn everyone from his evil way, amend your deeds, do not go after other gods. Then you can dwell in the land, but you did not incline your ear to me or listen. So that's where you have verse 16. The sons of Jonadab, son of Rechab, have kept their command, but you have not kept mine. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That we would honor flawed earthly fathers and not honor our perfect heavenly father. Actually, when you think about it, what Jonadab told them to do was not necessarily the commands of God. In fact, they're called the commands of Jonadab. And vineyards were part of the promised blessing of God to Israel. Deuteronomy 28. You will be blessed if you obey. Blessed in the field. 
Blessed will be the fruit of the ground. And Jeremiah even told them at one point, the exiles in chapter 29, verse 5, he said, build houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat the produce. Well, here, they're following the command of two to three hundred years ago, avoid the gardens, avoid houses, live in tents, avoid vineyards. Whenever there's actually nothing wrong as such with those items. But it's the fact that they would honor what he commanded over such a long period of time. And God used it as an illustration to his people. There is nothing inherently evil about a vineyard or a house. But there's something wonderful and even miraculous and transforming about honoring authority. In Hebrews 12, 9 and 10, it says, We have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live the Father of our spirit? They disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But God disciplines us for our good. He never disciplines us. He never spanks us. He never corrects us unless it's for our good. Now, earthly fathers can get it wrong. In fact, we were laughing some time ago at uh, when Elizabeth and Patty were younger. This is probably this is over 25 years ago, and they were sitting on the steps. Um, and I was coming up the steps, and I heard uh, Patty had this ear-piercing shriek when she was younger. And uh, I heard her scream. And I thought, what in the world's going on? And I got up there, and the blood-curdling sounds that were coming from both of them, they were both fighting over a position on the steps. And I said, who started this? And it was simply a matter, as I saw it, of one of them, probably Elizabeth, moving her legs so Patty could get by or Patty moving so she could get by. I don't know which. didn't matter. So each one of them pointed at the other. So you know what I did? I spanked both of them. I ain't saying that that's good. I was just in a spanking mood that they got me in right then and there. I told Jan, I said, if you'd have been there, I'd have spanked you too. I was just <laughs> mad. We have earthly fathers who discipline us as seemed best to them. But they don't always get it right. But we respect them. We're courteous. We honor them. We have Father's Day. And what God is saying here with Jonadab, 
He's saying, look how you have respected the commands of Jonadab. These weren't in the Ten Commandments. These weren't, these were be considered by some extreme. But for generations you have honored his commands. And you have not honored mine. This is his, this is his story. This is his message. This is what Jeremiah is saying to the people of Israel. And the descendants of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, lived among Israel to that day and was an illustration of honor. So here's three quick lessons from Jeremiah 35. One, if earthly fathers, flawed earthly fathers, should be honored, and they should, how much more should our faithful Heavenly Father be honored? Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. It's due Him. Many earthly fathers aren't that honorable. And yet we still honor them. We're still courteous. We're still polite. We still recognize their place and authority. In the same way, ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Romans 1, 21 and 2 gives the, the grades downward as people descend in their stages away from God. Here's what it says, Romans 1, 21. Although they knew of God or knew about God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him but became futile in their thinking and their foolish heart was darkened and claiming to be wise, they became fools. The bottom is fools. They become fools. But what's at the top? Look at the first step downward. They did not honor him. So if earthly fathers deserve honor, how much more our heavenly father? Here's a second lesson, is that God blesses those who honor their fathers. He blesses them physically. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it's right. Honor your father and mother. That's the uh, fifth commandment out of Exodus 20. Honor your father and mother. But it's the first commandment with a promise What's the promise? Ephesians 1.3, Paul's quoting the Ten Commandments. That it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. It extends your lifespan. And if you look at the average lifespan around the globe... The, the greatest lifespans, longest lifespans, do, does not belong to the countries and societies which have the most advanced medical technologies. But you have to go to the Orient. You have to go to Japan. You have to go even China. And there you'll find the longest health spans and lifespans even than here in America. We're actually a bit lower on the totem pole. 
because there's something about honoring. Those are the countries that have the greatest honor they bestow on their parents and grandparents. And Paul said this, God promised this, but not only physical blessing, but spiritual blessing. Look at verse 18 and 19 of Jeremiah 35. God says, now, Jeremiah, I've given you this message, but I want you to also tell the Rechabites, the house of the Rechabites, something. Verse 18. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you obeyed the command of Jonadab, your father, and kept his precepts and did all he commanded, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 19. Jonadab, son of Rechab, will never lack a man to stand before me. For the rest of history, there's always going to be a descendant from Jonadab who lived about seven or 800 B.C. There's always going to be, and I, was, I, I tried to find one. Now, like, who are they today? I don't know, but I know there are some, there's at least one somewhere standing before God worshiping today. That was usually a phrase that used to describe a priest or a prophet. They will be standing and worshiping and looking to God. That's what God promised them in Jeremiah 35, 19. That is an incredible promise. So that so you could almost say honoring of parents is a prediction of your future. Amen? To dishonor is also a prediction. Give me this verse, Proverbs 30, 17. The eye that mocks the father scorns to obey the mother will be picked out by the ravens and eaten by the vultures. What they would do in that arid desert climate if an animal or a human being were to collapse in the desert, the ravens and vultures would come. And you know what they peck first to see if you're alive? The eye. If the eye doesn't react to a bird pecking it, you're dead. <laughs> so that's why he says that. And notice, that eye that mocks the father. How would an eye mock the father? Have you ever seen a teenager roll their eyes? That's mocking. You see it in the smirk. You hear it in their sigh. The, there are sighs and groans of teenagers that have a whole statement in it, if you can interpret it. And it means, you are the stupidest person I've ever seen. And the eye that mocks, the, the, per, the youth that scorns it's a prediction. You can see the future of the youth in the attitude to the parent. Therefore, to all young people, be humble 
You don't know stuff. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? You don't know things. Be humble. Be respectful. Be quiet. Not only don't talk back, don't talk. Listen. Be courteous. Place more value on a concerned parent than all your other friends put together. Amen. This principle of honor is not just of a youth toward the parent, but honor is toward all authority. This means we should honor the police. We should honor the teachers. If a teacher does something to your student or says something, don't dash down there to defend the pupil. You know, when I was growing up, what they used to say, that if you get spanked at school, you'll get spanked at home. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Unless you're homeschooled. <laughs> then if you get spanked at school, you are spanked at home. <laughs> honor, 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone. Even, he says, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. A paraphrase would be, honor the president. Amen. Honor the president. Because he's the president. He's in authority. I didn't get no amens on that, but I'm pretty sure there's some in your heart. <laughs> so no rolling of the eyes no back talking no smirking no sarcasm under the breath no stubborn attitudes no slamming the doors as if the door can make a statement honor it gives physical blessing and spiritual blessing here's a third lesson and we'll close with this Look at the incredible potential of one father on future generations. It only takes one. Jonadab. Somewhere along the line, Jonadab recognized Israel is fickle. It's idolatrous. And I'm guessing there will always be that. So I want my generations to come to be a little bit unplugged from the luxuries, to be mobile, to be where they can move out of town quick because God will raise up Nebuchadnezzar. He will raise up Sennacherib, the Assyrian king. He will raise up marauding armies. So we have to be able to leave this fickle people. They are prone to idolatry and thus they are subject to judgment. 
His name was Jonadab. He lived 300 years before Jeremiah 35. It's phenomenal. There is one reference to him. 2 Kings 10, where it says that this man named Jehu was raised up to destroy Baal worship. Uh, Jehu was some character, violent, and he hated Baal, the god of fertility. He even included child sacrifice. So God raised up Jehu to demolish Baal worship. Jehu and Elijah the prophet were contemporaries. And they fed off each other. One was a king, one became the king, and one was the prophet. And Jehu's just getting started in demolishing Baal worship. He goes to a village and wipes it out. Ahab's descendants, Baal worshipers, wiped out. And he's got a small group of men with him. And he's going down a road. This is 2 Kings 10. He's going down the road in his chariot. And there's a guy walking along the road. And Jehu pulls up a chariot and says, Hey, you feeling what I'm feeling? Are you with me? I'm Jehu. I'm attacking Baal worship. Is your heart like my heart? And the guy says, it is. And he said, well, jump up here in the chariot and let's go get some Baal worshipers. And off they go. There's that little snippet. You know who that guy is on the side of the road? Jonadab, the son of Rechab. One moment, one decision, and it opened up his future and the future of generations to come. One person, one father can do that. He, and he must have had a family meeting. If you read between the lines, he had to have like a family meeting where he said, all right, this is an idolatrous society and, and I'm going to try to protect you. I'm going to give you these, these uh, borders, these boundaries. I want all my children and grandchildren to keep. And here they are. And he said, don't plant vineyards. Don't drink the wine. Don't have a, a garden don't build a house it's the best I leave to you it's not the commands of God but it's what I feel and he had a family meeting and they all voted to follow him and 300 years later they are the illustration of faithfulness to a father and blessed and today according to verse 19 today somewhere Almost 3,000 years later, there's a descendant of Jonadab standing and worshiping and praising the God of heaven, the true God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. May our fathers be like Jonadab, and may the blessings come on their descendants. That is our prayer. Ushers, you come and let us worship with our tithes and our offerings today, honoring God in tithes and offerings. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this story.
of Jonadab and his descendants and the blessing that came on them. We pray you would give us a spirit of honor. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.